Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. 2 Timothy 2, in verse number 3, it says, Therefore, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Everyone say, soldier of Jesus Christ. I want to preach to you for just a little while about the valley of praise. The valley of praise of praise. Let's pray. Jesus, we go to you and to your word. We ask you to open the door and open our hearts to it. Lord God, I pray that you allow us to be equipped with praise as we leave here today, that we would have cleaned, have oiled, and have done everything we need to do with the weaponry of praise today so we can take it to the kingdom of darkness and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Scripture is very clear to us that we are not to entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life if we want to be involved in warring for the Lord. It is true that we have an enemy of our soul. If you do not know it, you only need to look into the glassy stare of those walking down Many municipalities, many large cities just staring into the distance as they fulfill their days and they do things that are required of them and wondering in my mind and heart as I see that, I wonder if they know that there is an attack from an enemy, that there is a war going on, amen? That there are people that are caught in the crosshairs every single day. And while they are living their lives, whether fulfilled or not, there is a purpose greater than your problems. There's a purpose greater than your job title. There's a purpose greater than your position or your place in life. And that is your purpose in Christ Jesus, that we are called to be soldiers of Jesus Christ. And somebody said, amen. And so in that battle, we can sometimes forget that the war is not easy. And the battle can be long. And while you can feel it in your spirit, we don't come to church to sit around and just nurse wounds. We come here to celebrate the victory that's already been won, even though we still feel the fight in our life. You have not stepped over into the victory that is coming, but you can have that victory now through the power of the Holy Ghost that is in you. That is the only thing that makes you feel victorious. That is is the only thing that reminds you that this battle is won. Look around, brothers and sisters. Take a survey socially. Do what you have to do, but you can understand that there is a fight going on and there are people dying every day in this war we call spiritual life. 
for pastors set aside ministries and those in, in leadership decide it's too difficult to continue. But I today want to remind us that we did not strap on our boots for an easy hike. We did not put ourselves in that uniform and dedicate ourselves to the kingdom of heaven for us to turn our back whenever the fight got hard. These colors in the kingdom do not run. Amen, somebody. And so I come with a voice that's loud and I come with a voice that's passionate to tell you today that we need to suffer hardship with good, with as a good soldier. I messed that up. You figured that out already. We need to suffer hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier in active service, another translation says, entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. I want to please my commander, amen? I want to please the Lord. And as I reference to you, 2 Chronicles 20, you can read it today and do your homework if you'd like to. I want to pull out a, a revelation that came to me in this passage about Jehoshaphat. The story is about King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, the northern kingdom. And when the children of Mount Seir and Moab and, and, the, and the enemy came against him and, and they began to attack, we understand that Jehoshaphat was a man of God, that he turned his eyes to the Lord. In fact, we know that he not only turned his eyes to the Lord, he asked the people, fast and seek God, for he is the God of our ancestors. And he will answer as he answered them. As he answered Moses, who was his friend, he will answer us as well. We find it in the second chapter, or in Second Chronicles chapter 20, as they put it on the scripture, I just want you to see what happened when they found out that the, the Moabites were coming against them. And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of, of Tekoa. It's the same area. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. He's talking to the people. He's being a go-between between them and God. And he said, Ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord. Everyone say, believe in the Lord. For he's your God. He's worthy of you believing in him because he is the only wise God, the only true God, the only living potentate who has the ability to answer your needs. So shall you be established. Everybody say established. Establishment means that it's never taken back. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Are you hearing me today? I'm telling you the same story that Jehoshaphat told him. He said, when you've done everything you can do to stand, stand, because establishment means something in the kingdom of God. Establishment means something in the house of God and in God's life, in your life with God. So he said, this is your Lord. This is your God. And this is the God that can establish you. So shall ye be established. The greatest thing you can do is never give place to the devil. The greatest thing you can do is never back up when God gives you ground. Never let the devil move your feet. Amen. Never let the 
devil, he might push you, he might lean you back, he might feel exhausted, he might even knock you over. But when you get back up, you stand your boots in the same spot and say, God established me here, God gave me this, I'm not giving up any ground, I'm not letting the devil take anything in my family, I'm not letting the devil take anything in my church or in my finances or in my life. He's a God, he's my Lord and Savior, he's my God of all grace and glory, and he's also the God who establishes me. My stand is in him. When you've done all to stand, when you're wore out and disgusted and busted and said you, would not have, you wouldn't have to do it anymore, he said, whatever you do, you keep standing. I know I'm excited and loud. I'm going to keep preaching it that way because that's how I feel it today. I feel like shaking some stuff. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what snapped in me this week, but I feel like shit because of some stuff. I'm so tired of just average every day. Yeah, it's okay. You can take that if you want to take it. I'll back up a few steps and just keep on serving the Lord. No, I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm not interested in the devil taking anything out of my life anymore. Something has happened in my spirit, and I'm standing my ground. I believe there is only one God. I believe there is repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost is how you get into that kingdom where that king establishes you. I thank God that he keeps me by his spirit. I thank God he keeps me by his blood. My stance today is because of my salvation. Believe his prophets, he said. Stories are true. They're not made up. They're not happenstance. They're not just God's coincidences that we turned into our own cozy little way of comforting ourselves. They're true. The stories of the prophets are true. Believe the prophets. So shall you prosper, he's saying. Believe what they say, and it'll prosper you. I believe somebody in this room right now is going to be prospered by believing what the Word of God says and by what the preacher says and by what this sermon says to you today. I believe it's going to prosper you. I got one, amen. Go to the next verse, if you can help me. So the Scripture says that they began to celebrate by worshiping the Lord. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. I know you think this band is great, and I really appreciate all the work that they do on the music, but they're not singing for you. Whether they hit the right notes or the wrong notes, they're singing unto the Lord. And you ought to worship even if they can't carry a tune in a bucket because they want to sing unto the Lord. And I don't know what the conversion rate is up there, but I think there is some auto-tuning in heaven because sometimes some people get up and maybe they shouldn't be a soloist. I don't know why I'm here. It's not my notes. I have, I'm not talking about anybody on this platform. But sometimes Sister Wilma wants to sing a special. Sister Wilma has no business singing a special. <laughs> she, she hasn't done... Anything but worship the Lord. But whenever she gets up to sing that old song, nothing but the blood of Jesus, or she begins to sing how great is our God in, in the old version, something happens in heaven. Some auto-tuning that goes on on its way to heaven because she's singing unto the Lord. Amen, somebody? 
And Jehoshaphat figured that out. He said, this band is not to entertain you. This music is not for us to just be led into the presence of God, but they're actually, the, the primary reason they're here is they're appointed to sing unto the Lord. Give our worship team a big hand. Because they're appointed to sing unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say praise, everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. This is what they were taught to say. He said, let's get some singers. Let's get Joe. Let's get Jim Bob. Let's get Frank. Let's get, you know, whoever. I don't know. I'm trying to think up names that are not here. Let's get Wilma. Let's get Gertrude. I'm going backwards because I just don't want to hit anybody. Let's get them on the platform. Let's start singing. But let them sing unto the Lord. And then here's what the congregation is supposed to sing. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. His mercy is celebrated in their praise song. God's mercy. So he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go out before the army who has swords and spears and things to fight with. They have warfare items. They are war fighters. They are skilled in battle. And we're going to go out with nothing more than a praise the Lord on our lips and for his mercy endureth forever. How many know that's not very bright? I mean, you got to park your brain with your car in the parking lot to not know that that's not very bright. You don't go against skilled war fighters with a praise on your lips. But Jehoshaphat knew no matter how much army they had, they wouldn't, need, they wouldn't win without the Lord anyways. It doesn't matter how good you are, how right you are, how, how great you do it. It doesn't matter. And thank God for a spirit of excellence. I appreciate that. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for everything that's done in a spirit of excellence. Amen. But I do know this. Without the Lord, without his mercy, we cannot win the battle. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. And when they began to sing, what? And praise Auto-tuning in heaven kicked in. Not all of them could carry a tune. You know that's true. Not all of them could sing good, but they had a good choir. And sing and praise the Lord, said Ambush. The Lord, everybody say Lord. That's the tetragrammatron right there. Yahweh. That means the one living, true, victorious God. Set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Which hap what happened was, the Mo Ammon and Moab turned on the children of Mount Seir and slaughtered them. Then Ammon and Moab turned on each other, and they were because they were ambushed by the Lord. But where they came against, when they came against Judah, they were smitten because God did the fighting for them. Amen. I'm here to tell somebody. I don't know who it is. I don't know. I, I know I'm pacing like a caged lion today because I've got a spirit in me that says the battle is not yours. And if you surrender it to God, he will give you the victory. But until you give him your fight, he will not give you your victory. Until you give, let me say it a little bit. Different. Until you give him your fight, he will not give you his victory. Because his victory is already won, past tense. And so while you're in the middle of the fight, they're looking at an army they cannot conquer, a massive army. It filled the valley, the Bible says. Enough men and chariots to fill whatever it was to fill the valley. But look at the next verse. If you read on, you see that the Lord set an ambush and, and they came in 
two, if you go to verse 26, that's fine too. I'll just jump there. Verse 26, just stay with me. Give the media team a big hand. They're doing their best to keep up with pastor this morning. who's kind of like a caged wild man. And the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka. That's not Obama's first name. For there they blessed the Lord. Everybody say, bless the Lord. Same name. Same tetragrammatron. Same one Jehovah. Therefore, the name, the same place was called the Valley of Baraka. Baraka translates to blessing. Another way it translates in the feminine form of that word is actually praise. And so in order for them to get the victory over an army they could not win against, they only had to praise him over the valley of praise. I want to come to somebody right now and tell you that your valley is designed for you to learn how to praise the Lord. Your low points have a point, amen? Your valleys have a reason. And the reason for your valley, if the Lord is truly fighting your battle for you and the victory is truly yours, then the only point of staring at your enemy in the valley and going into the valley is so that you learn how to praise the Lord through the low points. Somebody help me preach. So all you have to do is take whatever complication, whatever difficulty it is, whatever valley you're going through right now, just rename it as the valley of praise. The thing I'm supposed to do in this valley is just keep praising the Lord till he accomplishes the victory for me. It's already done. My job and my warfare is praise. My job and my praise and my battle is praise. I'm supposed to praise him in the valley of praise. Therefore, the name of the same place was called the valley of praise unto this day. You, if you get this, what I'm saying to you, if you take out your weaponry that's in your hands and it's your praise lifted up to God, if you will use that, I know it seems like it doesn't work because I have come to church and I have done one of those, you know, where you can barely lift your hand kind of praise. Have you ever been there? Anybody want to be honest with me right now? Where you're going through the valley. But the thing about the valley is you're never meant to change direction in the valley. You're supposed to change direction on the mountaintop. Mountaintops are per, for perspective. Valleys are for praise. That's what we need to do. That's what we have to do is we have to understand is you don't change where you are and what you're doing or where you're going when you're walking through a valley. When you're in a low point, you keep doing what the Lord told you when you were on the mountaintop. Amen. When the Lord showed you blessing and the Lord was good to you and the Lord was kind to you and the Lord gave you vision of where you're going to be next, you keep struggling with your praise on. Amen. You just keep on putting on your praise. You keep on putting on that garment, that uniform of praise. You keep on strapping on those boots and hiking one more mile in the name of Jesus. You keep on doing it one foot in front of the other. And I've come to be prophetic this morning because I believe the year of 2019 for somebody has been you doing things with your hands. Amen. You've learned how to praise in the valley. You've learned how to lift your hands in the 
the valley, but 2020, the year of revelation, the year of, 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 of God stepping in with activation in your life, the year of God stepping in with elevation in your life. Those things are going to happen from your feet, amen, before you're working with your hands and praising God through the valley, but God's about to have you climb a mountaintop, and he's going to activate the gifts of God in your life, and now it's going to be about where you put your foot, not where your hands are, because you've already learned in the valley to lift your hands and praise him. You just leave your hands up, and now you take a foot of dominion, and you step down on the devil's head, and you take another step of dominion. This 2020 is going to be about you putting your foot on the neck of the enemy, and you're going to be allowed victory in the house of God, victory in your home, victory in the God wants you to have victory in because you're going to put boots on the ground this year. 2020 is a year of boots on the ground, brothers and sisters. You're going to walk through your valley with praise, but you won't get to your activation of your miracle if you don't come out with your hands up. Amen, somebody. You've got to work with your hands. And the work we do in the kingdom is our praise lifted high. And when we surrender to God, he said, I can work with that. I can work with the praise in the valley. I can work with you not being bitter in the valley. I can work with you not getting too angry in the valley. I know things get stripped out of your life in the valley. I know it, it's not easy to walk through a valley because you have to brush, you have to, you know, you have to bushwhack and you have to go through and you have to cut down. There's maybe not a trail in the valley. It looks so nice when you're on the mountaintop, you see where you're going to go and you don't realize that next mountaintop experience is ahead of you. Yes, but there's a thick valley to go through. Has anybody ever been in a dense place where you could not feel the presence of God? You could not see what God was up to, but you know, even though your body may have been physically attacked, you know, you've got another mountain ahead of you because we go from glory to glory, amen? We go from high place to higher place. God's taking us home someday. And you have to understand, you're not built for the valley. God's battle is built for the valley. You're built for mountaintop. You're built for a place called home in heaven. You're built for a high place. This is a high and holy church. We are a city set on a hill, a man whose light cannot be hid. We're supposed to be high. We're supposed to be up. And we're supposed to be lifted up when we get together. So if you're going through the valley and you can't lift anything else up, lift up your hands. If this is all you've got, lifting these will help you keep those where they're supposed to be. Lifting these will help you take another step in Jesus' name. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. It does not say the step of a righteous man. It says the steps, plural. If you've only taken one step and Lord, it's not working. Keep your hands lifted and take another step. <laughs> steps, plural, is ordered by the Lord. And so he wants you to keep putting one foot. Everybody say one foot. One foot. In front of the other. Amen, somebody. I'm thankful for soldiers. I'm thankful for those who marched in valleys to give us victories on mountaintops. I'm thankful for those that endured. Endurance is the ability to withstand exercise, the ability to withstand hardship, adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged, stressful effort. 
Anybody been on a long, spiritual, stressful effort lately? Oh, hallelujah, there's some soldiers in the house, amen? Because you still got your faith shirt on, you still got your backpack that says Jesus and the button on it, you still got your wristband that says, what would Jesus do? Maybe not. But you're still trying, you're efforting, you're putting one foot in front of the other. You know how I know if somebody's gonna be victorious? If their hands are still lifted in church, even in the hardest moments. Friend of mine, Dan Sharp, he pastors in Fox Valley. His brother suddenly died two weeks ago, just gone. But when they had the funeral, the whole family sat in a row. And when the funeral songs began, some of the favorite songs, they all lifted their hands. They said, I don't know why I got to stay in here. I don't know why I got to bury somebody. I don't know why I got to do what I'm doing, but I'm not going to give the devil any ground. I'm going to still praise him in my valley. I'm still going to lift my hands in my valley. I'm still going to give God this valley of praise. I relabel everything that hurts, everything that has pain as a valley of praise because that's my only response to it. And that's our only response to it. We can't run anymore. You got two choices according to the human body biologically. You can either run or you can fight. Fight or flight. The Lord says it's time to fight. Amen, somebody. It's time to fight with your praise. Jesus never hid his scars. Some of you soldiers in here, you battled for years. You've been in the word for years. You've taken on the orders of the kingdom for years, and you've been walking with these orders for a long time. I want you to know there's a burden to the orders from heaven. There's a weight to them. Thank you, Brother Reese, for preaching what you preached this morning. I'm so thankful that, well, I call it preaching. He was teaching. But I'm really thankful that he did that because it helps me to understand that Jesus was under a weight as well. Jesus had orders from heaven, and it included the carrying of a weight of a cross, amen? But he didn't just carry that cross. He got on it, and he died and went into a tomb, and they rolled that stone in front of him, and he, had, he, he was in there for three days, but you can't keep Jesus in grave clothes much longer than three days. And maybe that's what I'm feeling as I'm coming, out of, I'm coming out of that tomb in my spirit. I feel a resurrection power happening in me, and I'm getting to higher ground. I'm telling you, I'm moving out of my valley of praise. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop praising him. It just means my praise got me through it. Amen. There's nothing else that can get you through it. You can either celebrate your Savior or you can medicate. Amen. That's your two choices because that's all we have. You can either medicate the way the world does with a bottle or a drug or you can come to the house of God, lift your hands and say, I don't know why I've got to go through this, but I've got to praise for it. I've got to praise for it. This is my valley of praise and I'm going to find Fight my way out. Fight my way out. I will not apologize for my orders. I will not apologize for a Jesus that looked like a failure on the cross because he was under orders, amen? And our commander has given us some orders that seem crazy at times, seem like they won't work at times, but our God has always got the higher ground for us. He's always accomplished greater things for us. And if we will just stay under the weight of those orders long enough, we will see victory in the battle. Amen, somebody. We will see victory in the battle. All it takes, you know, I used to be the one that was crazy, and I know that. I'm still crazy. I'm kidding. 
I'm not as crazy as some of you. I know that. Some of you are crazy. But I do appreciate your demonstrative worship when you, we started this service with a demonstrative worship at the altar. I wanted us to go into this sermon with that on the books for heaven today. I wanted heaven to know that today, on November 10th, that we had our praise out and we were warring against the spirits of darkness. Amen, somebody. And it may not be the way you think that you should approach God, but I promise you praise is all over the scripture. David jumped an entire dispensation with his praise. He was in the New Testament while he was in the Old Testament, amen? He figured out that God loves demonstrative worship. God loves when you take your body that used to be full of sin and is now saved and surrender your members to God, not to sin anymore. Where you used to go to the bar, where you used to fill it with alcohol, where you used to pop some pills or do something, where you used to medicate, but now you take those same members that were supposed to be lost in sin and undone, but it went down in baptism in Jesus' name. It got filled with his spirit. And now that same spirit of a victor that is inside of you will not let you slumber, will not let you get cold, will not let you sit down when there's a fight in front of you. You will square your shoulders back. You will stand up. You will lift your hands and say, I'm going in, commander. Send me in. I got orders and I will fight with the power of my praise. I'm trying to fit. Mary and Martha came to Jesus. Had you been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Had you been here, you say you're his best friend and you didn't come when you heard he was sick. Why didn't you come? Don't you care about Lazarus? He's your friend. They came and they asked the same question. Did you not know that he was sick? But one, though asking the same question, came with worship. One asked, did you not know that my brother was sick unto death? The other one asked the same question, but worshiped him. And that worship activated a miracle. I want you to know that you can decide to question heaven or you can bring your same question in a spirit of worship and he'll receive it. And not only will he receive it, but he'll activate your miracle for it. The difference between having a question and seeing a miracle is whether you worship and praise your way through it. That's the difference. That's the only difference. We don't have another option in the scripture. But the revelation turns into a move of God when you empower the activation of this. This is the activation of your miracle right here. This is how you get what you need from God. This is how you feel like God has heard your prayers. It doesn't matter if you see any change. Brothers and sisters, people go to the gym for four years to try to get change, and they don't see it, and they keep going. Come in and lift your hands anyways, because God's doing a work. He's much better than some of the stuff people give their life to, amen? And he's still working. I promise you, he's still working. And that revelation turns into elevation that brings the miraculous, and I thank God for it. I don't know what attacks have come against you today. I don't know what you're in, but I promise you, if, re if you rename it the Valley of Praise, you'll walk out of that this week. You want out? Then lift your hands. Would you stand with me all over the building and lift your hands? Do you want out? Here's the way we do it. 
This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles right here. This is the way I do it. I take the orders that are given in the word of God. I take fasting and I take praise. Give me verse 26 of 2 Chronicles 20. Give me verse 26. In Jesus' name, there's praisers all over this house. I feel it in the spirit that someone's coming out today of their valley of praise. Amen. It says, and, the, and said, the Lord God of our fathers, are not thou God of heaven? Verse 26, please. Verse 26. Thank you, Jesus. He's the God of heaven, and he answers. And on the fourth day, everybody say the fourth day. They assembled themselves together in the valley of praise. Everybody say the valley of praise. For they there were blessed of the Lord. Go to the next verse. And they returned, and every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Josephat in the forefront of them, and go again to Jerusalem in joy. For the Lord hath made them rejoice over their enemies. I need to find the verse. I'm not finding it. But let me pull it up. This is what happens when you praise, my brothers and sisters. This is what happens when you praise the Lord. Joasaphat bowed down his face. He had sought God so many times. And he went after what God had for them. Verse 24, please. Verse 24, thank you. Look at this carefully. And when Judah, Judah means praise. Amen, somebody? We got double praise going on in this. They got a valley of praise and they're lifting up praise. Amen? And when Judah, praise, came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none escaped. There's a war that's going on and God fights the battle. Go to the next verse. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches and with the dead bodies and the precious jewels which they had stripped off in those for themselves more than they could carry away. Everybody say carry away. And they were there three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. How many days was Jesus in the tomb? Somebody's going to leave here with a praise on their lips. In the praise, in the valley of praise. And God, through your praise, is going to give you so much spoil. It's going to take you days, weeks, and months to gather it. I believe that right now. Do you hear me? I'm talking to somebody. It's going to take you more than a day, more than a week, more than a month to gather what God is going to give you if you relabel your struggle as a valley of praise. You just relabel it. Jesus, we lift our hands to you. You can sing, band. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our life, God. We can thank you not because we feel good about it. We can thank you not because we know exactly what you're going to do, but we can thank you because we still have our praise. Anybody still have your praise? If you still have your praise, you're going to get out of the valley. If you still have your praise, come on, once you praise the Lord at this altar, once you move a little bit, once you move your feet a little bit, maybe step out just a little bit and move your feet. Say, Lord, devil, you're not taking any more ground from me. I'm going to take steps. I'm not just going to take one. I'm going to take
take steps, but I'm going to do it with my hands up. I'm going to do it with my praise lifted up. And Jesus, Will you name, lay Jesus out name. your instructions there for me. Come on, let's do it together. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Hands up, feet moving toward the kingdom. Feet moving toward the Lord. I'm not walking away from him. I'm walking toward him. Today, I believe somebody's going to relabel their struggle as the valley of praise. I have my praise still, devil. I have my praise still, devil. Lay out your instructions there for me. This is how I fight my battle. Come on, lift up your hands and sing it. This is how I fight my battle. And I believe you've overcome And I will lift my song of praise for what you've done Come on, put your foot on this the devil's neck today Come on, put your head on, put his head this under your foot He's going to bruise your heel, but this you shall bruise his head Scripture battles. says, it's a prophecy We can put it in this house today we can put that prophecy this in this house I today. I fight my battles with my hands lifted. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Your coming year is a year of boots on the ground. Your coming year is a year of taking captive that thing which you're tried there with me. And surely your goodness and mercy follow me. Are my praise and my testimony. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, and I believe you've overcome, and I will lift my song. Come on, lift your song and your praise. Come on, lift your song and your praise for what he's done. This is how I fight. Don't forget the battle. He won with your praise. This is how I fight my battles. Don't forget the scars you have where he got you through. The scars are just a sign that you healed, that you're still alive, and that you have a testimony. God got you out with your praise. He's going to win your praise.